Good morning, everyone. I'd like to turn to Acts in chapter 16 this morning. Acts in chapter 16. This is an account of the conversion of Lydia. Um, uh, an account of a woman who was made a new creation. One who was dead in trespasses and sins but made alive together with Christ. One who has been transferred now to the kingdom of his dear beloved son. And we'll read here in Acts chapter 16 about a woman who, 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 who met Paul. But more importantly she met the saviour. And she learnt about one who died for her. And she came to faith and trust in her redeemer. So if we start actually reading in, in 15 and verse 36, Acts 15 and, and verse 36, for, for some context. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. And then down to verse 1 of chapter 16, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. And then down to verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him to come over and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and following the Neapolis, I'm sorry, on the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia, from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul, and after she was baptised, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. And the Lord will bless as we have read his word. Let us pray together before we start this morning. Our God and our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great privilege we have to come together and to look at your word. We ask for grace and help and illumination from your spirit that we might not see what we would see with our own eyes, but that we would see guided by your most holy and precious spirit. May he lead us to understand the, the glories of your son. May we see his beauties and may we know what he has done for us on the cross. May we delight in these things and may we praise your name for the greatness of your grace. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So we're kind of jumping into the middle of the story here in Acts. Um, we are 
in Paul and his second missionary journey. Uh, He has just gone to the council at Jerusalem as they were dealing with a few issues which had arisen. And he turns to Barnabas and they've decided that they will go on a second, uh, second missionary journey. And then Paul and Barnabas end up actually going separate ways. Barnabas um, goes one place and Paul ends up going up um, up north. And he goes uh, through a few different districts and he comes to Asia. However, he's led by the Spirit to continue on through Asia, not to preach the gospel in Asia, and to go to this place, Philippi. Now, Philippi was, as we see there, a leading city in the district of Macedonia. It was a a Roman colony. Uh, It was a prominent city. It was large. It would have been um, busy. It was really um, a Rome away from Rome, if you like. A lot of um, military presence. It um, it had a pagan temple. It would have been idolatrous, as many Roman cities were. Um, however, uh, it, was, it was there that the Spirit of God directed Paul and Silas, and now Timothy, to go. Uh, this place where it was in Europe, and where there were, seemed to be very few Jews, however, they were now uh, certainly going to preach to the Gentiles. And they arrive, and for some days they're there, and it seems like they're seeing really uh, little fruit. Uh, they maybe were... You know, it was Paul's custom to go to the synagogue. However, there wasn't a synagogue uh, in Philippi, it would seem. And so they, they, they really saw very little uh, from their time. However, by the time it came to the Sabbath, they decided to go outside of the gate. They imagined that this is where they would find, if any Jews were in Philippi, this is where they would find them. And so they go down and they go down to the riverside and they do, they find a small group of women. And now we're told four things about these women. We're told that they, in verse 13, it says they were meeting on the Sabbath. It says they were outside of the gate. It says they were by the riverside and they were at a place of prayer. Now this is why I believe we can assume they were Jews. They met on the Jewish Sabbath uh, to pray. They were also outside of the city. They were not in the, the idolatrous temple, but they were meeting in their own gathering. Now, there doesn't seem to be any men present here, at least we're not told about that. If there were men, it's imagined if there were at least ten men, they would have had a synagogue. However, it seemed to have just been a small gathering of of faithful women, devout women, women who were praying and seeking the face of the Lord. And so Paul and Silas and Timothy, they come down the hill to the river and they see these women there, uh, and, and they, they come and they gently tell them of the great news of Jesus Christ. And they, they, they give a word to them of who the God is that they are worshipping. And you know, they may be explained from the scriptures, from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew scriptures, that well, this man, uh, you know, who Isaiah would speak about, or, or this man who all the prophets really point towards, Uh, This chosen one, this Messiah, well, he came in Jesus Christ. And he is the one who is to deliver uh, the people from their sins. And the God whom you worship has revealed himself in human form, and he actually died for you. And he's saying, uh, you know, all of this Old Testament, all that you 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 are brought up in, well, it's pointing towards this one man, Christ Jesus. 
And they told them of the gospel. And I'm sure they told them that, you know, it is is through faith in this man Christ that you shall be saved. It's through believing in the Son. Now we're not told um, about all the women. We are told about this woman in particular, Lydia. Now it says there, Lydia um, was from Thyatira. Now Thyatira was a city... Um, in Asia, it was a fair distance away. It was well known for its uh, dye produce, um, a leading city really in the, the produce of purple clothing. Now, purple clothing was used, uh, it was worn by Caesar, it was worn by high-flying officials in the Roman Empire. And so this would have been a, a, a wealthy um, and prosperous uh, trade. It's, it's, it's imagined that Lydia was, was fairly well off. We see later on that she had the, the church in her house, you know, so it must have been a sizable, a sizable place. And we really can imagine that she was, she was in Philippi for trade. Uh, the fact that it says she's from Thyatira tends to suggest that she was there for a time maybe to, to trade with uh, some of the, the military leaders or to, to make some sales while she was in Philippi. However, we do read that she is with these Jewish women. She was likely a Gentile. We're not told that she was a Jew. However, she was meeting with these Jewish women, and we don't know much about her background, we don't really know how she came about to meet these women, but we do know that certainly she was seeking after God. And she was searching for the things of God, and she had a real interest in these things. You know, maybe she understood that, well, her riches and all she had in her wealth And really all she has been working for, well, this isn't satisfying. She maybe understood that there was actually an issue with her soul. You know, our Lord said, what can a man give in return for his soul? In return for his soul. You know, because really the reality is that no matter what we do in this life, there is going to come a time uh, where all that was matter, all that really matters is what we did with our soul. Because when we die, well, all the, the treasures we store on earth, well, they are left and they are on earth and they will corrupt. However, we will appear before God. And when we appear before God... It is only what we have done with Christ that will really matter. And I imagine that Lydia feared the Lord. I imagine that Lydia had an understanding that, well, I need to get myself right before the Lord. If I'm going to appear before God before I die, when I die, sorry, well, I need to be ready. And she wasn't caught trading or getting slightly more money on the Sabbath. No, she was found with these women and she was praying. Now, I don't know what she was praying, but I, you know, I think we can infer it would have been something along the lines of seeking after righteousness. Seeking salvation, seeking forgiveness of her sins, and, and seeking to know this God, this Jehovah, whom these other ladies we're speaking about 
You know, Christ also said in Matthew, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, Lydia, she was not content with the things of this world. She was not happy just to live in the, uh, everything she had, she had earned for herself. She knew that there was something more. She knew that she needed the Saviour. She knew that she needed Christ, however, she did not yet know who he was. Now the word that is used here when it says in verse 14 that Lydia worshipped God, it's not a word that's ever used for Christian worship. It tends to be a, a, a reverence um, or, or a fear of the Lord aspect. It's, it's a sense that she understood who God was and so she really understood that well she needs to get herself right before God her heart was at a posture where she was seeking to please the Lord but I'm sure she understood that she could not do this on her own merit she could not do this by her own efforts and so these men come down that hill and they come down to where she was praying and you can imagine her with those women, maybe on their knees, praying for the Lord to, 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 to forgive them for their sins. And this one comes down. This Paul, and he says to them, the one who you're seeking after is Jesus. The, the, the issue with your life and the hole that seems to be in your heart can only be filled by Christ. You are in need of the Saviour. And those words must have been so sweet when Lydia heard them. And I'm sure she rejoiced the minute she heard of the Saviour. It says there in verse 14, Lydia paid attention to what was said by Paul. And that's an interesting word. It's, it's to, be, to beware is often translated that word. It's, it's to be captivated to be paying attention, to, to, to be unwavering. You see, she knew she needed what Paul was giving to her. She knew she needed this message and she needed this saviour. She knew that her whole, her whole previous uh, life and everything that she had been trying, you know, how, the fact that she was meeting with these Jewish women and all the effort she had put in, she knew that they were vain and they were not getting her to God. She was still not right before God. She knew that she needed something else. She knew that she needed salvation. She knew she needed a saviour. And she believed in the saviour. Her heart was tender and fertile to the things of God. She was ready to receive Christ and she received him with joy and gladness. There, was, there doesn't seem to be a moment of doubt. There doesn't seem to be any questioning. There seems to just be an open heart. And one that when she heard the gospel didn't turn away, but only turned to Christ and sought the Saviour and believed. You know, we were singing there in that chorus that it is through belief in Christ that one is saved. I'm sure Lydia could tell you that she has tried it all. She had everything the world could offer. She had everything that religion could offer. 
But now she has everything because she has Christ. And she could tell you that, well, none of this really matters. None of this is what I actually needed. I've always needed the Saviour. Paul would later write, when he writes to Romans, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. There's certainty in that. It's not about practice and ritual. It's not about uh, the life you live. It's not about the things you do and how much you give. It's about your faith and your belief in Christ. It's about what He has done. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. There's certainty in these words that you shall not perish. And it's not a matter of the strength of your belief. It's not a matter of how, how good of a Christian you are. The point is that you are a Christian and that you are saved. And that your salvation is not dependent on these things. It's dependent on the work of Christ. And when he died for you, he bore all the punishment that you deserved. You see, Lydia came into an understanding of two things. She came to understand, one, the holiness of God. She knew this Jehovah did not settle for half measures. That he would judge sin, and that every sin he would judge. And she also understood how sinful and filthy she was. She knew her heart, she knew her mind. She knew that she could not please God, and she knew that really, she was going to be judged. And so this is why it was so sweet when she heard the message of the Saviour. Because she heard that, well, although she can't earn her own salvation, Christ has purchased her salvation on the cross. And she rejoiced in that. And she accepted it. You know, later on, just later on in Philippi, we read of the Philippian jailer. Now this conversion wasn't quite so so smooth, you might say. It it took an earthquake for this man to realise his sinful state. And the Philippian jailer says... What must I do to be saved? And they say to him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You notice it's belief. It's belief. Not once do they say, Go and sort out your life, or, or, or go and go to church a wee bit more, or go and you know, give a bit more money, or, or, or do this or this. No, it's, it's belief in Christ that saves. And it's only belief in Christ. Now Lydia doesn't, doesn't say, well yes that's excellent, I'll believe in Christ, but first let me, go and, let me go and sort my life out and then I'll come and be a Christian. No, immediately she was saved. And the moment Lydia put her faith and trust in the Saviour, her name was written in heaven in the Lamb's Book of Life. She was made a child of God, She was adopted into the family. She was made an heir with Christ. She received all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. She didn't earn it, but she was given it. John 10 and 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. If anyone enters by me he will be saved 
Lydia's life would have been marked by uncertainty as she, as she sought to, to consider how she was going to get herself right before God. And I wonder, I would just wonder if she would have been lying in bed at night, twisting and turning and, and afraid that what if she died tonight? Where would her soul be? Well, I'm sure she didn't need to worry about that after she heard of this man, Jesus Christ. But after she knew the salvation of the Lord, well, she did not have to worry about her salvation. She didn't have to worry about whether she was good enough or whether she had earned her place in heaven. It was set and it was sealed. And from the moment she believed, she was forever saved. All who believe in the Son shall be saved. He will not turn you away. All who come to Christ and put their faith and trust in him for salvation shall be saved. That's a wonderful truth. It's amazing grace. That a sinful man like me can come before a holy God. And although I bring nothing, he can give me salvation. For he has given his only son. And he was crucified for me. And in my place he died. That I might have eternal life. However, I think there is something else in this passage. For we see the belief of Lydia. We see that she came to faith and trust in the Christ. And we see that Lydia was a woman who searched for God. But we also see that God is a God who saved Lydia. And for as much as Lydia was searching after God, God was drawing Lydia to himself. We read there in verses verses 6 to 10 of this Macedonian call. We read of how Paul had this vision. We read of how Paul was told, don't go into Asia. No, go straight through Asia. I want you to go to Philippi. It seems strange, but there were plenty cities in Asia with plenty of people who did not know Christ. Now, I'm sure there were many reasons for this, but I can tell you one of them. It was that Lydia wasn't in Asia. Although she was from Asia, she was in Philippi. And the Lord had ordained the circumstances that Lydia might be saved. You know, the Lord is a sovereign Lord. He's a sovereign God. And nothing happens that is outside of his control or outside of his uh, divine and, and perfect will. And, and so the conversion of Lydia was no accident. The fact that Lydia was in Philippi was no accident. But the Lord brought Lydia to Philippi as he did with Paul. We also considered how Lydia was a woman who, who had been... Considering these things, she was seeking after the Lord. And she had been thinking about, well, you know, the holiness of God in her own sinful state. You know, that was a work of the Spirit. That didn't just happen by chance. That wasn't just because she was a particularly spiritual person. No, that was because God was working in her heart. And he had been for I don't know how long, but I would suggest a long time. He had been working in her. He had been bringing her close. So that when the gospel came, she received it with faith. 
But even this faith and even this belief, well, you read there in verse 14. The Lord opened her heart. And so not only did the Lord provide a a substitute, not only did the Lord die for her, but even in her very salvation, the Lord opened her heart. The Lord presented salvation, but He also gave you the very ability to believe. By grace she understood and believed. See, natural man does not understand and does not want the things of God. Ephesians 2, you can turn to it. Ephesians 2 says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. This is where Lydia was. This is where we all were. I wonder if this is where you still are. I do pray and I I do, do hope it's not. But if you haven't put your faith and trust and your belief in Christ, this is where you are. Read there in verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How blessed are we to be Christians, that before the foundations of the world, we were foreknown, we were predestined, we were called, and we are justified, we are justified and we shall be glorified. How good and how gracious the Lord has been to us. Now these two things don't subtract from one another. Lydia definitely believed in the Lord. And Lydia did seek the Lord. However, the Lord also saved Lydia. Now how these two things work together, I don't know. And I don't think we are to know. But what we can know is that we are saved by the grace of the Lord. That we stand firm and strong, but not on our own merit. We stand on the finished work of Christ. We are redeemed by his blood. We are saved by his grace. And Christian, let me encourage you, if you are saved by grace, you will go on by grace. And your life is lived by the same grace which saved you. 
If you're not a Christian, if you, if you haven't put your faith in Christ, may today be the day where you turn to the Saviour. Where you confess that you can't save yourself, that you are sinful. But you turn to him in faith and believe that he can save you. May you know the joys of sins forgiven. May you know the blessings of eternal life. And as Lydia did, she went on and she, she, she served the Lord. And the rest of her life was used to the glory of God. Let's pray. Our God and our Heavenly Father, we thank you for such a blessed gospel as which you have given to us. Such great good news which we have received, such spiritual blessings which we have received in Christ Jesus. Father, we confess that we have done nothing to earn it. We certainly do not deserve it. But we have received all things in the heavenly places in Christ. Father, may we delight in these things. May we live by faith in the Son. May we never stand on our own merit, but may we forever know that we are saved in Christ Jesus. We thank you for him. Bless us now as we part. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen.